You're listening to Guat.Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Today's topic, COVID-19, a defining moment in history. In Forbes.com, August 3rd, 2017, what is a moment in life? A defining moment is a point in your life when you're urged to make a pivotal decision or when you experience something that fundamentally changes you. Not only do these moments define us, but they have a transformative effect on our perceptions and behaviors. This time in which we find ourselves is a defining moment in history. It is a defining moment in each of our lives. That's a fact. It is a pivotal time of decision. It is an experience that is fundamentally changing us. It defines us, and it is a moment in which transformative effect is happening to our perceptions and behaviors. It's a time for us to stop and to take stock of our lives. Today, rather than focus on the data, the mortality rate, the infection rate, and all of that, what I would like to do is to focus on you and to ask you the question, how are you personally doing? How is this moment changing you? How is this moment impacting you? And how is this moment affecting your perceptions and behaviors? It is a time of squeezing and it is a time of distress, especially for those who are, are experiencing death of loved ones or infection with the virus themselves. I want you to know that if you have experienced the death of a loved one or if you have gone or are going through this terrible disease, that my prayers are with you, and I mean that sincerely. I'm praying every day for our world, and I'm praying every day for those who are being hurt by this physically, mentally, emotionally, economically. And so I want you to know that I care. I do. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ, more importantly, cares for you. And so as we look at where we are and as we look at where we're headed, I want to ask you the question personally, my friend, how are you doing? How are you handling this? My hope and prayer is that you are maintaining a sense of optimism, a sense of encouragement in the midst of this storm. It's possible to have that attitude of life as we turn to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For just a few moments, I want to camp out on Christ as our example as we go through this trying time. The best I can do for you in these hard times is to point you to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the book of prophecy, Isaiah 53, it tells us about Jesus. It says, who has believed what we have heard and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, no appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. 
He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised, and we didn't value him. As we look at the life of Jesus, and we understand that he was fully God, yet fully man, and and in his humanity, he personally knew and knows what it's like to suffer mental anguish. Mental anguish from the circumstances around him. Mental anguish from the way that people treated him and viewed him. Also, he knew what it was like to be considered an outcast. He knew what it was like to suffer mental anguish. He knew what it was like to be in close proximity on a regular basis with those who were very ill. And that it brings up again the fact that he was despised, which tells you the environment in which he found himself as he came to this earth. Against the backdrop of coronavirus, COVID-19, that we are dealing with very stressful times that are that's pressing in on our minds, that's pressing in on our families, that's pressing in on our livelihoods. And yet Christ, in this defining moment in history, he made the right choices, he did the right things, and he accomplished the task and the, the mission that was set before him. It goes on in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. It says, yet, yet, in other words, against the backdrop of all of this anguish and this suffering and this disease, he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, and that's directly talking about the crucifixion. He was crushed because of our iniquities, our sin, and he was punished for our peace was on him. And we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We have all turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. And so we see this modeling of Christ that in the midst of the most difficult of times, it had been over 400 years since the nation of Israel had heard the voice of God through a prophet. And against this dry time, against this fallow ground, comes Jesus the Messiah. And as we would all like for it to be, that when somebody really special shows up, We want to be celebrated. We want to see acceptance. And yet Jesus received despising. He received rejection. The harm that was done to him mentally was suffering. It was anguish. The Bible talks about the fact in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was in prayer and in anguish over what was to come to him through the crucifixion It says that it was so immense in suffering that he sweat drops of blood. And there's a medical term for that that I won't get into, but it's a condition that happens to someone who is under extreme emotional distress. This is what Jesus knew as the suffering servant, one who came to serve man and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so in the midst of a very difficult time, in the midst of a hard life, in the midst of rampant illness, 
we're mindful that in his day there were physicians, but they weren't very good. They didn't understand modern medicine. It's not that they were stupid people, but they had very limited resources with which to really bring about any change in the condition of a human being. And so Jesus was sought after by those who had leprosy, a very horrible disease that causes a rotting away of the flesh. He was sought after by people who were in deep emotional distress, and yet he didn't turn away. He didn't back down. He didn't stop in his tracks. He continued to move forward with his mission, was, which was for the redemption of the world. And so against the backdrop of not being thought well of and against not being well-received, what did he do? Is he embraced it. He bore our sickness and he carried our pains. And what was our response? The Bible says we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. And that he was crucified for our rebellion. He was crushed because of our sin. And the punishment for our peace was on him. In other words, our problem was laid on the back of Christ. And so the the perfect example we have today of how God desires for us to be transformed as we go through this difficult time is one of success, one of optimism, one of hope, because Jesus is our perfect example. And he stands ready and willing and waiting to come to our rescue if we will only cry out to him and we will place our faith and trust in him for our salvation, but also for our rescue in these moments. It goes on to say that he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. We have the testimony from the Gospels of Jesus' life, the story of Jesus' life, and when he stood before the one who had the power of death in his hands, that he, it says that he was silent before Pilate. He, didn't get, he did not get into an argument with him, and he did not challenge him. He spoke the truth to Pilate, but it says that he was silent. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment, and who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. This is a direct prophecy about the type of death that Jesus would die, that of being pinned to a wooden cross. Think about it, folks. Pinned to a wooden cross. And it says, He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. He goes on to say, Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days, and by his hand the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. Folks, what that says is that in spite of the condition of the world, in spite of the tragedy into which Jesus was born, that he, fully understanding that this was a defining moment, he did not allow that defining moment to deter him from the mission that God had set before him and that he carried out with success. Yes, it was carried out with much anguish. It was carried out with much heartache and for him personally, a torturous death on the cross. But that was not the end of the story and he maintained his focus 
to the very end of his life. And the result was that his body was resurrected and he vanquished death and sin for those who had placed their faith and trust and hope in him. In verse 11, it says, After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the mighty as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. And so in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we find a perfect example of humanity responding in that moment of destiny and that defining moment in the correct way. So against that backdrop, I again ask you, how are you doing? It's heartbreaking to see that some people under the crushing weight of this present moment are turning to violence. We're seeing an uptick in child abuse and caregivers being harsh and hateful and mean and violent to little children, many who don't even understand what is happening at this present time. And so I ask you, my friend, how are you doing? Are you in distress? Are you in anguish? Are you covered up in fear? Against that backdrop, I say, turn to Jesus Christ. Allow him to minister to your heart. Allow him to be your Lord and Savior, first of all. But if, in fact, you already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you say to me, Kenny, I'm a Christian. I'm trusting in Jesus for my life and for my eternity. That doesn't mean that you're allowing him to give you the peace that passes understanding in the midst of this crisis. And it is a crisis. And so I ask you, my friend, how are you doing? Let's take stock of our personal lives and recommit ourselves to doing the right thing in the midst of a tough time, to trust in the Lord and Savior, to have hope because we have an eternal hope in him, and to communicate words of encouragement to those around us. This is a message to myself. As we go through this challenging time, it's easy to, easy to become pessimistic. It's easy to become distracted, and yet God is crying out to us to us that he is here for us if we will only turn to him. I do want to encourage you, my friend, that as a Christian and a minister of the gospel, I've prayed about this, I've researched the scriptures, I've studied, and I personally do not view that this is the judgment of God on mankind. I don't. I believe that this is a sad tragedy that has occurred. We don't understand how it has happened at the moment. There's been stories, there's been speculation, but the bottom line is at this moment, it doesn't matter how it happened. The truth of the matter is it's happened and now it's incumbent upon us to answer the question, how are we doing and how will we allow this moment to define us? And so my prayer for you is to know the peace of God and to slow down, to take the proper precautions to evaluate your own life and to, before God, pray and commit that as we go through this challenging time, that we will allow it to form us and shape us into better than what we are right now and to be the type of person 
that God wants us to be one who successfully carries out the mission that he's given to each of us in this life. And so with that, my friend, I encourage you, turn to God. Know that he's here. He knows your infirmities. He knows your difficulties, and he's here to give you peace.